Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey everyone, we are so happy that you have joined us yet again for another episode of First in Maine. We love having you, and we hope that today's podcast just blesses you, encourages you, and helps you as we journey through life together. Speaking of doing life together, today I have a new friend joining me for this episode as Debs continues to recover from COVID. You know, Debs and I still talk a lot, and even though we haven't been podcasting together like usual, um, we're texting all the time and talking, and yesterday I did get to go see her. And she is doing so much better, y'all. It was really good to see her. Um, Debs, I know that you are listening right now, so um, just want to say that we miss you. I love you, and we can't wait to have you back. Okay, so today we have a special guest um, because it's a special episode called The Roundabout where we go round about a topic And I have a super amazing special guest with me today. She is not only one of my greatest friends, but an amazing worship leader, a wife, mother of two, and a registered nurse. She is an active volunteer at her church in her community. Plus, she is currently recording her very own podcast show called The Kingdom Club. It hasn't been launched yet, but it will be launching soon, and it's going to be amazing, you guys. So definitely be on the lookout for it. So Erin, welcome to First in Maine, and thank you for being here with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I cannot wait to talk about today's topic. It's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I want to say I'm so excited for Debs and her recovery. Yeah. I did not realize at first that she had COVID, but since I mm-hmm. saw y'all's post, I've been praying for her. Yeah. And I work in the hospital three to five days a week, and I can easily tell you that this strand of COVID is different. It's a whole different monster and a whole different type of evil. We're seeing so many COVID patients, and it's just been really, really hard. Yeah, I bet. With that being said, I'm just thankful that we can do life together because we really do need each other. Yeah. Just like you said, with prayers, you got to see her. And she's doing better and she's home. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's not something that every patient gets to do. Yeah. And so just knowing that you've gotten to spend time with her is awesome. Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage everyone also to remember to pray for the doctors, nurses, health administrators, EMTs, the EVS personnel, just every single person working in our hospitals right now. They're fighting really hard yeah. to get through these COVID waves. And we just, we hope there's an end in sight. It doesn't feel like there is. And so just be praying for them. Yeah, absolutely. Erin, you are so right. We definitely need to be praying for them. And, you know, prayer is powerful. In fact, when Dems was admitted to the hospital with COVID, she sent out a text um, to a friend asking for prayers. 
and gave her permission to post about it on social media. So her friend posted it, and then it went viral. It was shared like 20 times and had 199 comments on just the original post. So that's not even counting all the comments on the post every time it was shared individually. That's incredible. Yeah. I think like 173 people liked or loved that original post. And here's the point. With God on our side and with everyone's prayers, Debs is healing from a blood clot in her lung and pneumonia due to COVID. Y'all, she is at home healing. She is not at the hospital. In fact, when they found out that she had a blood clot and pneumonia, they were able to give her treatment and just send her home on bed rest. Um, I think she was in the hospital for like two to three days. That's all. And that is the power of prayer. A blood clot in her lung. And she's at home resting, getting stronger, and feeling better every single day. God is healing her. And I just truly believe that she's going to come back from this and just be better and stronger than she ever was before. And she's a tough cookie. Yeah, I can definitely (laughs) see that. Um, I think that's awesome for her. I'm so excited that she's at home and she's healing. This COVID sickness has been really terrible. Yeah. And I feel like we all know someone that could use our prayers during this pandemic. Absolutely. Um, Like right now, my sister and her whole family Mm -hmm. has COVID. Um, My niece, Mackenzie, she has COVID. Um, And then, you know, I'm seeing it in the salon. I'm having a lot of cancellations in the salon even. So before we even get into today's topic, how about we just, let's just pray. Sounds good. Okay. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer with all kinds of thoughts and feelings about COVID-19. Lord, so many people we know are being affected by it. Friends and family members need your total healing, while some need your comfort and peace as they mourn a loved one. But God, we all need your love and protection. Thank you for being our strength when we are weak. Thank you for being our peace when we feel unrest. I pray that you guide us through this unknown COVID territory. I pray, Lord, that our prayers are reached to you in heaven and that you hear them and show mercy on us. I pray now, Lord, for you to intercede. Let us feel your love. We thank you for this life and for the life to come. Take our heart and hearts, Lord, examine them, correct the areas that need correcting, and then completely fill our hearts with your spirit. You are sovereign. You know all things. Lead us to the life you created us to live. You are our hope. You are our light in our darkness. You are holy. You, Lord, are the life, the truth, and the way. You make all things good. So, Lord, take our hurt, our pain, our sickness, our frustrations, our negativity, and all the not-so-good things and turn them into good. In your name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. And, Lord, just hear our prayer. You're most high. You transform our lives, and you make us better. Yeah. You empower us, encourage us, strengthen us, and love us. And we cannot be more grateful for all you have done for us and continue to do for us. We pray, Lord, for anyone who is battling COVID right now, the paramedics, the nurses, the doctors, everyone in the hospital, the nursing homes. It just touches so many people's lives on every aspect our teachers, students, it just really is sinking in deep to all of these places. And I just I just ask for your healing. I ask for your protection. And I just ask that you bring this to a swift end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Awesome. Thank you for praying with me. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. Prayer is so powerful. It is. So are you ready to dive even deeper with me? Yes, I am. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So in our last episode, we began talking about spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. Debs and I actually kicked this off a few weeks ago talking about discipline and how it matters in our lives, especially if you want to get anything done well, and that it really requires some training. Mm -hmm. So then last episode, our friend Anika filled in for Debs, and we were talking about how training spiritually in life matters the most, because it's what sets us up to have the life God intended us to have, which I think is our best life. Absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about when we are disciplined in deepening our relationship with God, He deepens our relationship with others our friends and our families, our spouses, and even helps us with our acquaintances and, you know, our enemies. Absolutely. Because there's definitely those people that are really hard to get along with and love in your life. Yes, so true. So as we learn more about Jesus, He teaches us His ways, and that helps us in our everyday lives, from family life to work life to church life. And as we allow him to lead our lives, he teaches us how to lead others so that we can all live our best life. Right. And I mean, that's the goal, right? To live our best life. Uh, Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And we get to choose every day how we will respond to things. Mm. And sometimes we're just not very good about it. And I think that's why we all need Jesus all the time. Yeah, definitely. It takes practice to respond well. A lot of learning from mistakes and practice. And when I say practice, I'm like talking about intentional spiritual training. You know, it's a discipline that we need to work at. And there are lots of different ways we can train spiritually. Yes, there's so much that we can talk about with this topic. And y'all covered a lot of that on your last episode. I think y'all talked about seeking God first and a little bit of prayer and worship. Yep. Which is my favorite. Yes. And what else? Scripture and obedience, right? Yes. And a little bit about church. I really liked when you mentioned how spiritual disciplines aren't obligations, but privileges, because I totally agree. I feel privileged to have a relationship with God. When I think back throughout my life, it's just something that started when I was young and it continued throughout the course of my life. And I'm so thankful that I was able to walk through this life with Jesus beside me. Absolutely. Let's talk about that for a minute. How did it all start for you? Like, how did you get to where you are now leading worship services? And like, what were the steps that you took to get there? And, you know, just just tell me all of it. (laughs) Um, So I actually grew up in um, a household that my grandfather was a pastor. So I grew up in church my whole life. Um, And I got saved when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. At that point... um, From there, it was just kind of one of those, like, you're all in, Yeah, right? There was never a moment in my life where my family did not walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, there's been times in our lives where things are hard and you question and you're frustrated. Um, I think that's normal. I think those are all really normal things. But um, when I was eight, I accepted Jesus into my life. And then from there, I just had a lot of godly people in my life. Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful church that I grew up in. Um, And I just grew spiritually through my youth group, through a young adult ministry, and through my relationship with Jesus that got strengthened throughout my life. That is so awesome. I love that. 
And, you know, I love that you mentioned that you accepted Jesus when you were eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really like the beginning of our spiritual journey. Like you were going to church prior to being eight. Um, So maybe that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. But like you started like for yourself creating that relationship with God when you were eight years old. And, you know, he put you on his path and, you know, taking that path throughout your life. We talked about that in the last episode. We actually talked about the narrow and difficult path. Mm -hmm. And um, he's guided you, you know, to where you are now. And, you know, God tells us in 2 Corinthians 6-2, that now is a time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, you were eight years old. That is awesome. Anybody can do this at any time, any age. Right. That's not he, a right age. Right. No. And so, you know, he says now is the time of God's favor. Like, why wait? You know, Jesus came to save us from our sins. Why not today give our life to Jesus? You know, he suffered and died on a cross for us, for us. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And that's pretty amazing. He did all of this for us so that our sins would be forgiven. Not his sins, because he literally never sinned, but ours. And that is like the nicest thing ever. It is truly a gift. And all we have to do is accept it. And you were eight years old when you accepted that. And that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, it's so true. Uh, John 1, 12 tells us that if we receive Jesus, basically if we receive the gift of his salvation, then he gives us the right to become children of God. And I love that because being an adult is hard. Yeah. I would much rather have been a kid because <laughs> yes. making decisions as an adult and doing this life as an adult is is hard, but it's doable for yeah. sure. Um, you know, you mentioned that I'm a worship leader in my church and singing is a talent and a passion of mine. And so I use it to serve my church and I lead others in worship. And there's a song by Hillsong Worship that's one of my favorite. It's called um, Who You Say I Am. And it says, I am a child of God. Yes, I am. It says his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. It's such a powerful song, and it talks about how much God loves us and how he chose us and he won't forsake us, and it really portrays salvation. Oh, I love that song, and I totally agree. I always thought that song was called Child of God. (laughs) Well, what's actually funny about that is Mm -hmm. my daughter, who's six, Mm -hmm. Anytime she would ask to hear that song, because we played it a lot, obviously, in the yeah. car, and we sang it at church, and so she, it's one of her favorites, and she would ask for it by that name, Child of God. <laughs> and it took me a while to figure out what, what she was saying uh-huh. until we would be singing it, and right. then I would realize, and it, like, the light bulb went off, and so I think it's a great, another, like, version of right. it to call it Child <laughs> of God, but it's Who You Say I Am by Hillsong Worship, okay. and it truly is a great song. I'm glad that you just told me. <laughs> The lyrics really are great. Um, I do want to go back, though, really quick to the scripture you were just talking about, John one twelve, because if you continue to read in, in that and go to verse 13, it says, they are reborn. And when, I, when, when it says they, it's talking about all the people who believe in Jesus and accept him. It says, they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Think about that. A birth that comes from God. In other words, anyone that believes in Jesus and accepts him is like reborn spiritually and transformed mm-hmm. and renewed. 
And just the thought of that is so refreshing. And, you know, it also makes me think of baptism. Mm -hmm. That's just another faith step that brings us back to spiritual transformation and renewal. Yeah, that's a really good point. Through repentance, we are changed and we're spiritually transformed and renewed, just like you were saying. Yeah. It's a spiritual cleansing where we rid ourselves of our old ways and take on new ways, God's way. Yeah. You know, Mark 16, 16 tells us that anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. The transformation of renewing our hearts begins when we believe in God, and it continues when we are baptized. When we get baptized, we are declaring publicly that we are leading a new life only made possible by God's grace and His supernatural power. Mm -hmm. And basically, we are allowing our hearts to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're believing that it will be. It's a faith step, and it's a spiritual discipline. Absolutely. That's so true. If you read Mark 1-4, it says that John the Baptist preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. It goes on in verse 5, and it says, When the people confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River, which is such a cool thing to me anyways. Yes. I wish we could have been there. We need to go to the Jordan River and get baptized. That is awesome. (laughs) And before getting baptized, it is important to understand the meaning behind baptism and the things that's required for baptism. Yeah, you're right. You know, the Bible tells us to be baptized, and as we grow in our relationship with God— We understand the importance of obeying His Word, right? I talked about that in our last episode with Anika, actually. But I like to think that, you know, getting baptized is like a symbol of our commitment to God. When we seek God and learn about God and want to live for God, baptism is a way to respond to God and say, I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. And it it feels good to just confess our sins and repent and to have kind of like a a start fresh and a yeah. do-over. Um, like you said, it's refreshing yeah, figuratively <laughs> and literally. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> so what was your baptism like? So my baptism was different in yeah. that uh, growing up in the Presbyterian church, my grandfather baptized me when I was six weeks okay. old. Um, and it was just an intincture of water. Um, and then from there, I just grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I was saved when I was eight. And then when I was somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14, Mm -hmm. the Presbyterian Church works with those children, and they ask. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that you go through. Right. Um, It's a spiritual walk with God, Mm -hmm. essentially, that you're doing with your pastors and with other people who are your age who want to know more about God. And they ask you, you know, are you ready to take this next step in your faith? Are you ready to learn more about God and about Jesus and this, and when you say yes, this is what we work through. Mm-hmm. Um, you work through the Bible. You work in devotions. You work with your pastor and your youth leadership and the people in your church who are, you know, figures that you can look at and and learn from. Yeah. Um, and so then at that point, once conf- and it's called confirmation. So mm-hmm. once you get to the end of confirmation, you stand up in front of your church family mm-hmm. um, and you, you know, give your life to Jesus and to His big seat church. Yeah. Right. And to bringing people into a relationship with God and to live your life for Jesus. Um, So it's not an actual baptism in the form of water, but it is a commitment that you make to your life, to being part of the servant leadership to Jesus. Uh, I love that. I love that. I um, have a very similar story. You know, I was baptized as a baby, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I was raised in the Catholic Church. 
And then many years later is when I started going to Avalon Church. And for anyone that is listening right now, Avalon is a non-denominational church, and it's actually where um, Aaron and I met. Yeah. We became friends at Avalon in our ladies' Bible study. (laughs) Um, But I actually um, got Mm re-baptized. Now I was baptized as a a child, as a baby. And then um, I went to Avalon and through like growing in my faith there, um, I decided that I wanted to get re-baptized. You know, I felt like I had made a lot of poor choices up to that point, and my dad was battling cancer, and life was just really hard. And I just remember wanting to put an end to, like, all the things in my life that were causing me, like, stress and pain and guilt and shame and sadness. And I just wanted to start fresh, you know, Um, going through – Everything we went through, like watching my dad be sick with cancer, I mean, that was just tough in itself. I mean, I was a daddy's girl, and so that was really hard. And I just, I just clung to Jesus, you know. And so I got rebaptized, and I really, truly believe that it has changed the course of my life. Yeah. Well, and I think that's awesome. And we've been friends for several years, and I got to walk with you through a lot of yeah. that. Um, I met you right after your dad had passed, yeah. And so I got to really see that in you, you know, that you were searching and you were seeking for something and it was Jesus. You already knew him and you already loved him, but just to have that relationship change. You're right. And we had the best ladies Bible study, (laughs) you know, I was in a group that I felt like genuinely cared for me Mm -hmm. and prayed for me. And it's hard to find something like that. Absolutely. And I always felt so uplifted leaving our small group. And in fact, I contribute most of my growth in healing after my dad passed from Our Lady's small group. And the Bible tells us that an iron sharpens an iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I believe that too. Yeah, I really believe it too. And in Our Lady's Bible study, it really did that. I mean, we we worked really hard to love each other, to learn about Jesus, and to learn what it looked like to grow in our relationship with Jesus and grow in, in wisdom yeah. and get godly advice and wise advice from people that were around us that may have gone through different things in their lives like we were currently going through or maybe something we experienced in the past. And it really gave us an opportunity to share our stories with each other, give scripture to one another, and encourage one another. Yeah. And Jesus tells us to share our burdens with each other. Yeah. Um, in Galatians 6, 2, it goes on to say that if we think we're too important to help someone, we're only fooling ourselves. Yeah, I don't want to be a fool. No, I don't either. <laughs> and I think that helping each other is a spiritual discipline, Absolutely. helping others and serving others. God serves us every day, and He made us in His image. So helping others is definitely something we should practice. We need to get really good at caring for others. Galatians 5.13 tells us to serve one another humbly in love. Matthew 22.39 tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. John 15.12 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I mean, I can go on and on with scripture supporting this. It is definitely a holy thing for Christians to help each other. Absolutely. It's certainly a spiritual discipline. And when I think about how I can help care for others outside of work and home life, I think of church. Yeah. Um, Sharing the gospel, sharing testimonies, serving together. It's just a form and an amazing way 
that we can train ourselves and train others in this area yeah. to just be in line with what Jesus teaches us. I love about that. About loving others and caring for others. Absolutely. There are so many ways that a church can serve others. Yeah. First Timothy 6.12 tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So we need to work to do our best to live righteously and abide in God's word, no matter how hard it is or how we feel about it. Fighting the good fight means maintaining a godly character. And what better way to do this than to learn and grow at church with other people doing the same thing? Yeah. Learning how to be a disciple takes training, and it's hard work. We have to learn, practice, and teach others how to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, and how to care for the sick and the poor, and how to be generous, and all the other godly characteristics that God teaches in the Bible. Yeah, and I love that you brought up being generous. Because we can serve each other and our church by being generous of our time and our finances. You know, tithing, that's another spiritual discipline. Everyone loves to make money, but not everyone loves to give their money away. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah, but tithing trains us up to trust and to surrender to God's will. God is our provider. Right, absolutely, and and tithing is not something that's natural. It doesn't feel natural. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel easy. But you know, in the Bible, it tells us to give our first ten yeah. percent of whatever we have. Whether um, and even in the Bible, sometimes it wasn't money. Sometimes it was goods. Sometimes yeah. it was, you know, an animal, the mm-hmm. best animal. And when we look at our lives today, of course, most of the time it's money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to, in our own human give away the things that we feel like run our daily lives. Um, But when we really give that first 10% back to Jesus and to the church, it can change other people's lives. Um, Recently at Avalon, we have been working towards um, funding Mm -hmm. for a new building. And so I was asked to give a tithing story by our friend Amber. And so I shared my tithing journey um, because it's something that's changed throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Um, You grow up learning about tithing, you grow up giving money, and then life changes a little bit when you have your own bills. Um, You know, when I was in nursing school, I had a job, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't making a lot of money. So tithing wasn't the first thing that was on my mind. So then when I became a nurse and I had a job where I was making, you know, a paycheck consistently, Mm -hmm. I would tithe. But my finances and the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. became more important than what I was called to do yeah. to, to my church. Um, and so it wasn't until Kenny and I um, joined our finances together after we got married and we had to have conversations of what we wanted to do with our finances and how to be responsible financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's always been really great at giving that first 10% and tithing and knowing that even in the hard times where he was struggling for money, he still gave that first 10%. And we saw how God blessed um, ha- blessed him, essentially. Yeah. And so when we put, like I said, our finances together, I had to learn kind of that hard lesson because I wasn't always doing that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't always giving the first 10%. Um, I was just doing it when it was convenient, really. Yeah. Um, and so we had to have a conversation. We got to church one day, and he said, you know, hey, babe, can you go ahead and tithe? And I was like, well, no, we don't have that. Like, we don't have it. And right. he was like, well, I don't – what do you mean we don't have it? Because I like to pay the bills. That's right. just part of what I like to do. Um, and so I said, well, you know, we just – we don't have that 10%. And he was like, well, why wasn't that the first thing you did? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what if we don't have enough? Like, mm-hmm. what – what if we don't have enough in our account to pay the rest of the bills? And he was like, you know, God's always going to make a way. Right. There's always going to be enough. It's always going to work. 
but you've got to trust and have faith that when you give that first 10% to him, he is going to change the course of your money because it's not our money to begin with. Um, It truly is his money. And so I learned that lesson. And and ever since then, that's the first thing we do with that money. And, you know, it's prayerful and it's hopeful Mm -hmm. because there's so many things that I've seen God do with that money, not just my money, but just our church's money in general. And I think it's just really awesome. It is. It's, it's really a form of worship, you know, definitely. and like you said, like, you know, the church as a whole, I mean, that's how churches are able to do outreach programs. You know, there are so many things that we can talk about in regarding spiritual disciplines. We could talk about spiritual gifts and communion and gratitude. We could talk about um, evangelism fasting and solitude, chastity, and just like disciple making. And really, each one of these could be its own podcast episode. Absolutely. That's Um, true. Maybe you could use them in your podcast. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But if there was any spiritual discipline that I think is first and main, I would have to say salvation. Hmm. You know, so anyone listening today, anyone at all that is desiring a relationship with God, you can have it. It is a gift, and we want to make sure that you receive His gift. It is the most important gift you will ever, 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 ever receive, and it's better than any gift that anyone else will ever give you. Yeah, it really is, and it's a life-changing gift. It's unmerited, unearned, and undeserved, Yeah, but it's ours if we want it, and that's really what Jesus is about, because that's what grace is. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. And it's unearned by us, and it's no strings attached, but we have to choose. We have to make that decision. God gives us free will, and we can choose to live our life our way, mm-hmm. which is not always the easiest way. Right. Or we can choose His way, which really is better, and it's it's His plans for us in the beginning anyways. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're at like a little over 30 minutes right now, but if you guys would just hang on a few more minutes, I would just love to pray for us one more time. This prayer that I want to pray comes from um, Psalm 51, right out of the Bible. I just took parts of the actual Psalm and put them together, but I definitely want you guys to... um, read it. I want to encourage you to study it. Psalms 51. And if you're ready to ask Jesus to fill your heart, to live a life of surrender of God's will, then this prayer is for you. And if you've walked away from Jesus and you're ready to come back, then this prayer is also for for you. And if you just want to remind Jesus that you are His, that you are a child of God, and that you are all in, then this prayer is also for you. It's it's really for anyone and everyone. So... Join me in prayer. Lord, I pray that you have mercy on us. O God, because of your unfailing love, wash us clean from our guilt. Purify us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within us. Restore us to the joy of salvation and make me willing to obey you so that we can show how loving and merciful you are so sinners will turn back to you. Forgive us, Lord, for our sins, and let our lips forever praise you. Amen. Amen. Aaron, I loved having you on with me today. I know that you lead a very busy life, so we thank you so much for spending your time with me and giving us all your great insights and stories. You have such a beautiful heart, and I just pray that God continues to bless you for all that you do and your family. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. It was truly an honor. I love talking to you and I love talking about Jesus. So yeah, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Well, guys, that's it for today. But join us next time as we get fit together in another area of discipline. You'll have to come back to hear what we're talking about. So thank you so much for listening. And we cannot wait to meet you here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well.